Hey y'all, hey, it's me, Portia O, your host of Life Be Life and Podcast, and I am here again with another episode, pew, pew, pew. Um, as the three Omolayo girls say, <laughs> the three Omolayo girls, I am so happy per usual to be here with you all, today is episode 10, like, how did we get here, episode 10? Okay, like that's a blessing. I'm grateful to be here with you all um, on Life Be Life and Podcast, where we talk about how life be over here, life and us, okay, via all types of relationships, situations, and everyday things we are experiencing all while in real time healing and learning how to be better people, okay? So that's what we about over here and that's what we're going to be doing and I'm excited to be doing it with y'all. Hashtag the village. Okay. <laughs> so episode 10. Wow. I can't believe we've made it this far. But also I can't believe because God said it was going to be so, so, and so, you know, anywho. <laughs> so we're going to jump right into it. Today we are talking about providing what you're providing okay what 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 are you providing let's be clear on what what needs to be provided what are we providing okay so let's get into it okay y'all know um i'm gonna start with this first segment talking about did you know okay just in case we're unclear we're gonna learn on today Um, the definitions of providing, okay? If you didn't know, that's okay because your girl is here to tell you about how life be life, okay? Did you know the true definition of providing is to make available for use slash supply, okay? Um, Make adequate preparation for a possible event, okay? Also, to provide what is necessary for, like what you're doing something that is necessary for, okay? Um, And then I thought further, like, okay, that's the definition of providing, right? But what about provision, okay? That's another word that discussed this whole thing. Like you see provisions put in place for care and contracts and all this type of stuff. So that's another thing just like to think about. The provision of something is the act of giving it or making it available to people who need or want it, okay? I I thought that was so, like, enlightening or whatever because you only can provide provision for something or for something or people who need or want it okay so you have to be very in tune with what you're providing that's why i asked what are you providing let's be clear about what you're providing and do you understand what you're providing and what you need to feel like you're being provided for okay i'm getting ahead of myself but you know uh (laughs) that's where we're coming from today okay so of course i'm gonna go to my segment i got some questions y'all Cause y'all know I stay with the questions. Okay. Um, so some of the questions I asked myself throughout this, um, topic of discussion, um, with me 
was who do you and I want you all to take from as well, obviously, because um, we're doing this together. We're doing this together. Think about this throughout this conversation tonight. Who do you expect to provide for you? Hmm. Who you expect? Where's your expectation set at? Is your mom and your daddy, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, your child, your friends? Your auntie, your uncle, who, 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 who you expect to provide for you, okay? Um, next, next question, what area of your life is this priority for you that you feel that you need to be provided for? What area? Be honest with yourself, okay? Next question is, when did you realize the importance of it? Okay, now that you located the area that you've feel that you need this in you've understood who needs to be doing this so when did you realize the importance of it what made you pay attention to what providing meant for you okay and well that took me into my last question how does providing look for you okay how does it look for you because what I may feel like providing is may not be what you feel like providing is and that's okay to each his own we're all out here trying to figure it out and do what's best for us okay again as always this is a no judgment zone this is a safe space so you are free to be yourself to um Feel what you feel and understand a little more about yourself. That's what we want to take away from these um, topics is to learn a little more about you. And um, I know I'm sharing a lot about me, but that's okay. Like I'm here to be a vessel, to be used by God, to um, not only help myself, but help other people through this um, lane of communication, okay? And understanding and discovery of oneself, okay? So let's get into it, all right? Um, main topic, what are you providing? What are you providing, okay? So I asked this, um, and I wrote this topic down a very long time ago, um, but obviously something in my life made me realize the importance of this, right? Which is why I asked that question. Um, when did it become important to you? Or when did you realize like what that was for you? Um, so basically, um, for me, I experienced something and, um, I was told, um, basically somebody's presence was them providing, um, their presence is enough to show that they're providing, um, whether it be financially or whatever, and that should be enough essentially or whatever. And that really made me think like, well, I don't know if I'm okay with you just providing financially, like, is that enough for me? Like, do I need more? And then it meant, really made me look further into myself at other points in my life when I really realized, um, yeah, I may have thought at those other times that financial providing was enough or I made myself comfortable enough to believe that that was enough, right? Um, but then I think at that moment that made me start this self-reflection and re uh, an evaluation of, instances made me really like I need more than finances okay 
I, that ain't the end all begin all. Okay. Um, finances is a portion. Obviously this world works on currency, um, money, uh, whatever, but, um, that's not the only way to show love or, um, appreciation or whatever. And I know like, you know, I know, I know what society makes us believe. I know what we've been taught, okay? Um, so yeah, let's just talk about how society truly views or set these expectations of what it means to provide generally, right? Because this is not pinpointing anybody's situation or anything. Um, this is not everybody's case okay I'm never speaking from that point of view please don't get it twisted this is more so of a general like generally this is what it is okay um but everybody's case is different so just wanted to make make that plain um but anyway um society tells us um we're just gonna break it down to each category so as parents we are expected to provide for our children right like you had them, you should provide for them. That's a choice that you made to procreate. Then you need to make also the choice with that choice of making them comes the choice of you're going to provide for them. Okay. Um, you know, society has this big old thing about, um, you, you, you shouldn't want any handouts or whatever. Um, you got to get it on your own, like whatever you need to do, you need to do or whatever. And I also am a product of society's conditioning of thinking that, um, you, yeah, you got to do whatever you got to do to provide for your kids. Okay. You got to do it. Um, if that means you got to get two, three jobs, you got to do it. Okay. Like it, it just it is what it is. Cause the kids got to eat. They got to have a place to sleep. They got to have some clothes on their back. They got to go to school. They got to get th like, it's always, you have to provide for your children, okay? So when we don't, you know, obviously that's that's frowned upon in this society that we live in, okay? Um, and as far as my culture and the history of my culture, we haven't had the opportunity to provide for our children with like generational wealth or opportunities, um, all the time. This is not everybody's case. That is a more pronounced thing in my culture. And I'm speaking for my culture because that's the culture I'm in. Um, that we don't really in the past, you know, or we are not taught to leave something to our kids to provide for their future, all that type of stuff. But we're getting so much better because a lot of us have throughout the years um educated ourselves and to the point that now we're getting into the learning of it all and know like okay I really need to set up something for not just my children but my children's children children like we trying to build generational wealth here okay um via many different avenues right so um whether that be the first person going to college that's a new step that is happening. Um, and we thank God for the opportunities to be do, be able to do that because not too long ago, my people have not been afforded those opportunities. We have not been um, in a space to be able to fight fairly in this society. But 
you know, that's a whole nother podcast, but whatever. As a parent, you're expected to provide for your children's well-being overall. You have them, you raise them, and yeah, you do your due diligence as whatever it is that you need to be providing. Um, But yeah, society makes it more so like feeding, clothing, shelter, shelter, things like that. We'll get into it about what more parents should provide more than that. But some parents think that that's enough, okay? Um, Because at least I did that much for you. You need to be grateful. So um, also when it comes into marriages, society tells us that um, the expectation is that it's a contract, right? Like marriage is a contract. Um, And you should... The man is expected to provide financially and the woman is expected to provide, I guess, provide via children, the household needs, blah, blah, blah. That may be a more traditional scope of things, but a lot of people still ascribe to it, even if they have fricka fricka remixed it, okay, um, to each his own and that's fine. And it, you know, whatever the situation is of your marriage, somebody takes um, traditionally somebody takes on the more expected role of providing and the other one takes the other role of providing another area or whatever, or both parties take the role of providing financially, but the other party may take more of the load of providing another area, you know, whatever we'll, we'll talk it through, but yeah. That could be, um, everybody's, again, situation is different. So I don't want to put it, I don't want to put marriage in a box, okay? But that's typical, general, the framing of how it's supposed to work, okay? Just to further go into that, men, men in this society are taught that they should provide for their woman, okay? You're the breadwinner. You're the one that goes out there and get it. And you make um, provisions for your your wife or partner, spouse, whatever, in your family. You That's what they're taught in this society. And you, that's what you do. You make the money. That's what you provide, okay? And then the women are taught that we are supervi- supposed to provide everything else <laughs> everything else we're supposed to provide our uh it's a lot I don't even know I don't want to say because I'm not trying to minimize what the men are taught so I'm just being frank this is what society teaches us we come out in society okay um they're taught that that should be enough and women are taught to Whatever your man needs or your spouse or your partner or whatever needs, that's what you should be doing, okay? That's our area of providing. So if they want a family, you provide them with children. And that's even in history, like back in the kings and queens era of the world. I mean, I know it's still going on, but I'm just saying like you are expected to provide children as a wife if you marry that's what it is. And that's, that's even biblical. Like you're expected to provide that as a woman. That's it. Like, I mean, not that's it, but I'm saying like, in a sense of like the burden of finances is not on the woman. It's on the man to provide. And even when we go to the Bible again, 
well, let's go to religion. We're taught religiously that the man is to provide for his household and the woman is to be there to help him along the way, be his helpmate. Okay. Whatever. Um, and basically that's like in whatever capacity he needs you to be his helpmate. That's what you do. Okay. That's just what we've been taught. I'm not saying that it's right for everybody or whatever. And I know that we have evolved as an, a society as far as women know um, since gaining our rights and since being able to be in the workforce and all that type of stuff have now been able to provide for themselves. So now women, um, not just now, it's this is obviously started years ago, but women are now being taught that it's okay to be ambitious, but don't be too ambitious. And even if you want to enter into covenant or contract or marriage with another person, still you shouldn't be providing more financially than they are, right? Um, and you know, whatever. I think it's ego, but what? <laughs> like we gotta stroke their ego. You can make your money, girl, but... You got to still like calm down for him or whoever, you know, whatever. That's always interesting to me because obviously I subscribe to that type of thinking, right? Um, Prior to being married, I did think that, oh yeah, I need to find a husband that can provide for me. And if we have children, our children, like he can provide or whatever. And even in different cultures, one of the rituals is that, um, so say for instance, in the Nigerian culture, and I'm speaking on that culture because my husband is Nigerian. And so I know a little more about how their practices are, you know, as far as marriage or whatever and the wedding process or whatever so they do this whole celebration it's like an engagement but it's a it's a traditional wedding for their culture or their tribe or whatever and so one um part of the traditional wedding is that the man is supposed to he can give a diary or whatever uh which is like paying the parents of the woman um, a certain amount of money, if the parents can ask for whatever amount of money they want to or whatever, these are just practices. Okay. Some people adhere to them. Some people just do them for face value to, to show it's a part of the tradition. It's not necessarily that the parents are taking money for their daughters, but it's more so of a, a symbolism. Okay. In some people instances. Okay. I can't speak for all, but anyway, the, the, um, husband would pay the parents X, Y, and Z amount of dollars. He'll give them, um, and he'll give the, the wife to be, um, goats and yams and all types of gifts. Like that's the diary, like all types of gifts showing that I can provide for this woman. I have these things that I can give to her and to your family to provide for her. So if you give her to me, you know that she's well taken care of. Okay. And I think that even goes back to biblical practices again, like fathers used to sell essentially, I'm sorry, air quotes. I'm doing sell, um, their daughters, 
or um, to other people that they can have good business um, with, that they can do share crops and all that type of stuff with. So, I mean, this is this is a transactional thing. It hasn't necessarily... At those times, it probably wasn't necessarily based on love, right? Um, it was more transactional, what your family can do for my family, what how we can be bigger or better or what, what we can benefit from each other type thing. Um, and so it's been something that's been passed down for generation to generation to generation. Like this has been since the beginning of time. This is nothing new under the sun, okay, y'all? So anyway, these practices come from somewhere, all right? To the point of it still being perpetuated in today's time and the, the thought process is my husband is supposed to be able to provide for me that I if I chose not to work he should still be able to handle whatever it is right this is what society says okay I just want to keep making that clear this is not <laughs> But I also, that's a conditioning that society has given us. So obviously I went into marriage thinking or wanting to be married, thinking that I need a man to be able to provide for me. But also the flip side of that, as the last few generations of women, we have been taught that you can go out and get it on your own girl. Like you don't have to wait for no man to be able to provide financially for you only. Like you can get whatever you want. If you desire that house, you can get that house. If you want this type of car, you can get that car. You could do it. Go get the job. You could be CEO. You can be whatever. Yes, we still have the first woman CEOs and all this type of stuff or VPs or whatever happening in companies. But the point is that society is now very slowly evolving to understand that women can provide for themselves financially as well. Okay. So then it kind of like counteracts that thought process or that expectation society has set on men and taught men to think that I am supposed to provide. And so then we do have some trash men that come out of this thinking, well, I don't have to provide and she can take care of me financially, you know, as if everything else the woman was doing prior to this evolution of being able to take care of herself financially wasn't already enough. We have to think back to like the fifties, forties. I mean, we think back, just think back. Just think all the way back. It don't really matter. Like women were out here taking care of the house, the kids, the home, like cooking, cleaning, all of these things. Now on top of that, since like women started to want to make on their own money, now we're doing that on top of having a full-time job. And then men still have the expectation of, well, I still want you to do all the things in that, even though they're just providing financially. Okay. It's a whole thing, but it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> and again, this is not all men and this is not all women or whatever is general. I'm really, really generalizing this to 
what history has shown us, right? Um, so I just want to be very clear on that. I know I keep saying that, but I just want to be very clear before anybody try to come for me. I'd be like, you can't say that. Da, 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 da. No, I'm going based off of facts and what we have been shown in the past. And I'm not saying that everybody is still today right now ascribing to that because even with me, being conditioned to believe that I'm supposed to be provided for financially. I need to find a man that's financially stable enough that he can provide me a house, a home, a car, um, take care of my kids that we will want for nothing. In addition to me being able to have my own stuff too, because I was raised as an independent black woman by an independent black woman, by another independent black woman. Okay. So let's be clear on um even with me being raised that way and I have an excellent work ethic and I will definitely do whatever I need to do for me to be able to have finances but the thought of when you get in marriage and get into contract with someone else that they should be able to provide this portion for you so that you no longer have to fully um, worry about that area and you can kind of put your focus on other stuff right and then some people don't even care about that like I said some people don't ascribe to that conditioning and think well I've been doing it on my own all this time I could buy my own whatever 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 so when I do find me a husband I still want that connection of love and having a husband but I don't need him to be the breadwinner it's okay I'm okay with him being a breadwinner but I don't necessarily need him to be the breadwinner and I can still um get other things from this relationship and the men have to be okay with that that's why I brought up the ego thing a lot of men are not okay with women being making more money than them they have a problem with that it's an ego driven thing because society has taught them that I'm the one that's supposed to be able to provide financially I should be bringing in all the money I should well not all the money but I should be bringing in the more the most money because that's where my value is and see that's that's what it really boils down to okay in, in this instance of marriage, it boils down to that's where your value is as a man and as a woman. And I'm only speaking on those because that's, that's, that's what we have been conditioned to believe. No, no matter what, um, type of relationship you choose to indulge into, whether it be man and man or woman and woman, society still has conditioned men and women separately to believe that these are our roles and this is what we should look for or whatever when it comes to providing, okay? It's, it's a lot, it's a lot. But that has been the conditioning thus far for us when it comes to providing in this society, okay? From that point, I started thinking more, okay, like so what's the real reality of what we're providing, okay? So, but the reality, okay? The reality of what we be providing, providing in these situations in these relationships i.e parents marriage um or just partnership whatever you want to do sharing your life with someone else or even family relationships okay even with your friends okay um what we truly be providing in these situations are um past hurts traumas unfinished and undealt with feelings our worldviews or our upbringing, okay? This is what we be providing, okay? Um, stuck in our own ways, not seeing a way of how I need to change because 
I'm, I'm blind to it. I'm covering my eyes right now for those who are not watching the visual. I'm blind to what, what areas I could change in because who wants to do that? I'm stuck in my way. I'm okay where I'm at. I'm content, okay? And un, in the unwillingness to change, right? Like that's, that's the reality of these relationships. And we're focusing on parental and spousal slash partnership slash whatever you want to call it okay the reality of those relationships this is what we be providing all of this all of these things because at some point in our life we encountered someone and usually it's in your childhood where you have the least amount of control of what goes on around you, right? Or what happens to you. We are presented with these situations of people providing for us. Yes, there are some parents that doesn't mind providing for their child shelter over their head or clothes on their back or even food to eat. But even in the provisions that they make for that, in some cases, there's trauma attached to it. It's the blaming of the situations for some people. Again, this is not everybody's case. It's the blaming of stuff in situations. It's the undealt with feelings of the parents from their parent or from their grandparent or somebody that did something to them now that they're inflicting on the child okay and the child is innocent right they don't know they don't they're they're sponges they take in everything they absorb everything whatever energy is in your house your child is going to absorb it they're going to take it in. They feel all the things that you're going through, all of your trauma, all of your worries, all of your pain. Even if you try your best to hide it from them, they still feel it to an extent because what's going to happen and what does happen is when they get older, they reflect and they look back and be like, oh, now I get it. That's what my mom or dad was experiencing. That's what was happening with them. Even if as a child, they don't fully understand, they be tapped in spiritually. They was not too long ago in their realm with God that they came to this earth. They are tapped in spiritually. Okay. So we need to give children more credit on them and their accessibility to the reality of situations. Even if they don't understand fully what is happening, the energies that are in the room, the spirits that are in the room, the different things that are going on, whether it be good or bad, they feel it around them and they absorb it and they channel it in different ways. I always live by the saying, like, when you know better, you do better, okay? And I understand that generations prior to mine may not have fully understood the full assignment outside of providing um, shelter, food, and clothes. Like, um, some did, some did not. Some people didn't know that they were not providing emotional support to their child, okay? 
They didn't know that. They thought because I was feeding you, sheltering you, and giving you clothes that you knew I loved you or you took that as love or um, you knew you can come to me for anything. But some people really did live through hell on earth in their homes that was getting all of those things. Um, but they definitely were being diminished emotionally by a parent or whoever, um, around them in their environment. And so we see that all the time play out in TV shows and all this type of stuff. I think about, um, what comes to mind right now is this is us. I know majority of people have watched that. It was a super popular show, but like how Jack was such a great dad. Oh my gosh. Like he was amazing, but also he had his flaws cause he's human. Right. But Jack's problems, even though he hid them from his children, he didn't allow his past traumas to fully affect his children in those majority of their present moments. But he came from a troubled past of seeing how his father mistreated his mother and his brother and how he would beat on even them. And like, but his father provided a house, a home, um, some food, but his father wasn't emotionally connected. And so his father was abusive verbally, physically, emotionally, he, he really wasn't being the father that Jack and his family needed or the husband or spouse that his wife needed. He wasn't all the things. And so that affected Jack to an extent, right? Because when Jack grew up, he knew he took that those times and those moments as I don't want to inflict this same pain, this same past hurts and traumas and them undealt feelings with his father on his children. He chose to go a different way. He chose to be better. He chose to give them the love that he didn't get. Okay. He chose not to be stuck in his ways in which his, his father provided him to believe that this is what a man does or is right. Um, and he easily could have done that. Right. That was just one main example. I feel like a lot of people have seen that show and um, he wasn't unwilling to change, even though he had hard times changing at moments, he wasn't unwilling to change. He didn't let his past stuff um, affect how he was with his children, but he very much so could have continued that that generational curse of abuse and emotionally damaging your children and not providing for them in that way. He could have did that. And so it, what it boils down to is you choosing to do what is best for you and your family and your kids, your, your wife or husband or whatever. It's up to you how you want to be. And I know that like society also has shown us like people can say, well, it, that's how my mama was. That's how my daddy was. That's how my great grandma was. I come from a line of alcoholics. That's why I'm an alcoholic. Well, you, you're choosing to be alcoholic. Yes, we are predisposed to a lot of different things genetically. I get that part. I'm not ignorant to that. But also you can choose to not live within that lifestyle. You can choose to not allow that disorder or habit to take over your life in that capacity 
You don't have to go that route. It's a choice. So, but also he recognized, that's another part of it. He recognized that this is wrong. He remembered how that made him feel. And so he chose to go the other way. And he perp he was purposeful about not inflicting that same trauma upon his kids. Because I didn't get that from my dad. I don't want to give, I want to give y'all what I really wanted or what I realized that I needed. But in some families, in some parental to children relationships, some parents don't make that connection or recognize that. Or even if they recognize that, say, for instance, like um, dad beat dads, if you come from a dad beat father and you say, I would never do my children like that because I know how it feels to have to be a fatherless child. I don't want to do that. And then you have children and then you make your child just as fatherless as you were. Well, you chose to do that. You knew what that pain was. You knew how that felt to grow up without a father, yet you still chose to not be there for your child, not even show up. That's because you were selfish and didn't want to deal with your own shit. At the end of the day, that's really what it boils down to. Because, again, going back to how Jack was and this is us, he could have chose that. And yes, the pressure got a lot. Sometimes he had an alcohol problem and all of that. Just like his father. But he he chose to be selfless and to really show up for them kids and to really show up for his wife the way that he wished his father would have showed up for his mom. It's really a choice. It's really you recognizing and accepting that, yes, this is my past. I come from this, but I don't want to pass this on. I want to provide a different reality for my family. I don't want to only provide financially. I want to provide emotionally. I don't want to be detached like my father was. I don't want to be just like, well, I do. I, I provide the finances. So whatever, I can care less about everything else. That's your mother's job to make sure the child good emotionally. I, I don't really care. That's a lot of people's stance in this world. And that's so crazy to me because how do you have the desire to have a family? I don't know if that's on an intellectual basis or an emotional basis. And I know it's different for men and women, how we think and look at this whole thing as far as having kids. A lot of men are very excited and proud to have children, um, just as much as women are excited and proud to become mothers. A lot of men love to become fathers or wish that they can become fathers, right? Um, so when you do, I just wonder sometimes outside of our past hurts and traumas and pains and undealt with feelings and all of that type of stuff, do you really reflect before you get to that point? Or even in the midst of like when you first hold that sweet, precious baby, reflect on, I don't want you to feel the pain of this world like I have. So I'm gonna do everything in my power to provide you with better. Not just with a house or a car or a backyard, or all the clothes and all the shoes. It's providing a connection that 
I may not have experienced. Like providing is so much more than finances. Okay. What are you providing? Are you providing that open arm warmness to welcome your kids into you, to want to even love on you or confide in you, to put their trust in you as their parent? Some people experience that and I'm happy to see that that is a reality for a lot of people, but a lot of people it's not. It's not. Where 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 can we go from there? You know? I don't want to just rag on the fathers cuz this is not about just the fathers, but the mothers too. It's a lot of motherless kids out here too. Because their mothers didn't choose to be selfless after the act of producing the child to be selfless enough to take care of that child emotionally, physically, financially, um, mentally. Mm. And I know that's something that's been more awareness of as of late, right? Um, even in the schools, the schools give like 10 days of mental health days a year, a calendar year for the school. So you can tell the school, call them in, hey, my kid won't be in school today because they're taking a mental health day. They didn't have that when I was going to school. <laughs> in the 90s, and the early 2000s, they didn't care how I was feeling mentally. Get your butt to the school, okay? If you ain't sick, and all of that, come to school. <laughs> they didn't care about our mental health. So that's something that's a new development in the recent years. But um, some mothers in the past did care about their children's mental health to an extent. To an extent, you know, some kids cared about their emotional well-being. And women are definitely more nurturers in that sense. And I get that. I get that. But also... If you can learn how to work a computer, okay, you can learn how to be there for your child in a different way than what you were taught or what society says that you only have to do. Now, I don't, it's no room for excuses any longer. Like we can't keep living in this space of, I wasn't taught that. Nobody made me aware of that. I wasn't shown that. Like, we have to recognize that, hmm, that may not have been true for me. But just like I learned how to, you train on a job to learn how to do a new skill. You'll look up a job and whatever. Like, you you learn what you want to learn. You do what you want to do. Okay? So, I don't want to hear... Oh, I ain't, I, I wasn't raised like that. I, my daddy did this, this, and that. So I'm fine and I'm fine. Why I need to do that for you? Or why do I need to do that for my kids? Well, that's not what I'm used to seeing. So does it make it null and void because you're not used to seeing it? We cannot be so small-minded or um, minimizing what someone is telling you that may be necessary 
for the growth of a relationship or the development of a relationship because we have never seen it before or we weren't taught that we wasn't raised in that that don't make it null and void because you never experienced it before why can't you be open to the experience of it especially if the benefits are astronomical for your child like let's be clear I don't think that's a hard ask I think that women and men need to provide more in the parental space emotionally checking in with their kids letting their voices be heard allowing them to express themselves without judgment I understand how the world is, okay? I am very clear on it. I also understand that we previously have been conditioned and taught to believe that a child's voice does not matter. How can they be our future if their voices don't matter? You can't tell kids you're our future, but what you got to say right now does not matter. It makes no sense. It makes no sense to me. I just can't stand by that. Because what we're supposed to be doing as parents is training them and teaching them, yes, it's a dog-eat-dog world. But in the midst of it being a dog-eat-dog world, let me equip you with way more tools than I had access to before. See, this is why we have to be in a state of ever learning. We cannot think that we know it all, that we've experienced it all. Yeah, I know this, I know that. Yeah, I'm, you know, whatever. This is what's worked for me and that's it. No. (laughs) This world has evolved, okay? We have to evolve with it. Let's be open and honest with ourselves. We have to stop minimizing things and thinking that it's not going to happen to you or you don't have to change or you don't have to put in the work. You do if you want to survive in this world or you're going to end up losing your children. You're going to end up losing that connection, that relationship. Because what they're seeking from you as their parent, they're not getting and they're going to choose one day to stop looking for your validation, to stop looking for you to be accountable for some shit that you put them through, to stop looking for you to change or do something different. They're going to stop. And if you truly don't care, then you truly don't care. That's on you. But if you care and if you take your role serious, being a parent does not just exist from zero to 18. You're a parent for life until God calls them home or you home. You're a parent. Take those roles seriously. Let's be more open and understanding and being willing to learn more, to do better. We have to. We just have to. And that's from a parental standpoint, okay? Um, but even in relationship with a spouse, a partner, it's the same thing. Okay. Because those kids that you give that love, that affection, um, that emotional support and stability, 
emotional support and stability, that mental support, that their voices can be heard, the less they will be able to, in their adulthood, express those childhood moments wanting to be heard, i.e., for example, acting out, going off, exploding. Like, if you give them the room now, see, a lot of foundational work, if we just do the foundational work, we would be much better off as they grow, as they build on top of that foundation. When a foundation is cracky and all crumbly, unstable, shaky, how do you expect them to build on that? And yes, some people figure it out. They patch up the cracks a little bit. Some people just keep on building on top of it and they build and lean into the side a little bit. Some people can keep building, 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 and then it crash down on them and then they start to rebuild. Like that's what our lives be because society has shown us or taught us that this is all you have to do and that should be enough. But that's not the reality of the situation. We have to deal with our stuff before we bring another life in this world, if possible, right? Because sometimes that's how life be life and we don't realize or understand stuff until the aftermath of it, right? You've already had the sex. You've already had the kid. You've already met this person. You've already fell in love. You've already married. And then, boom, something happened. And now you're reflecting, oh, man, I wish I would have did it this way. I wish I had this knowledge that I did, I did, that I do now then. But if more people just had this conversation of we need to do better about the foundation, period, of our children and being truthful and honest about what we should be providing. You have to provide more than shelter, food, and clothes. You have to provide so much more. I just started a new mantra with my kids. And, well, is it a mantra? I think it's just a saying. I don't know. I just started a new one with them since they went back to school um, this week after winter break and um, just to keep before them and remind them that everything you do is your choice. And um, I always ask them after we do our affirmations and our mantra on the way to the bus stop, I always ask them, are you guys going to have a great day? And they say, yeah, you know? Um, And so I just added to that, Why are you going to have a great day? Because you choose to have a great day. Because you choose to be kind today. Because you choose to be smart today. Because you choose to be loving today. You choose to be compassionate. You choose to be caring. You choose to be a leader. You choose to be bold. You choose whatever way that your day is going to be. Because it's your choice. God gave us free will. So you don't have to choose to beat your children because that's what big mama did. And you got beat too. So I should beat my children because that's how I learned. 
you can choose to find an alternative way to discipline your child. You can choose to not yell in your home because you grew up in a home that always was yelling. You can choose to be more calm in spirit and actually have conversations with your children. I guess God got me really focusing on this child thing because in the parental aspect of it all, because we are really shaped as a people by our parents or whoever guardians, whoever raised us, which in turn, we grow up to be the adults that are in relationships and in marriages and in partnerships with people. And all of that, that we learned in our childhood is now coming forward here. It's a cycle y'all. It's a cycle. I can choose to break that cycle. I don't have to keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over. And each generation is getting it and getting it and getting it. There is good in each one of them. And there is bad as well. I'm focusing on the bad because the good parts, what what, what are we wasting time talking about the good parts for? We got that figured out. That's good. If you're already being a compassionate person and teaching your child how to be compassionate towards people, that's great. We don't need to talk about that. We're talking about when you over there giving your kid the silent treatment because they didn't do something that you didn't that you wanted them to do the way that you wanted them to do it without explicit instruction or whatever or they're not under and they don't understand why you're upset with them fully but then you're giving them the silent treatment which is then teaching them this is what you do when you're upset with someone you just shut down and you stop communicating because you're upset because you don't have the emotional intelligence enough to know how to speak you don't know how to speak oh my god that's crazy it's not crazy, but because I know like it happens all the time. And I'm only telling y'all this because I'm I'm not a perfect parent. I was just telling my therapist. <laughs> y'all know I talk to her once a week. But anyway, I was just telling her like, you know, I had a really good week. It was a long week because the kids went back to school. We were back in our routine. Just trying to get everybody back on their schedules um, and everything like that. And I was just tired. I was tired. I was back to my workout routine, um, all this type of stuff, whatever. But I was just telling her like I, I had a good week because I was being graceful towards myself. I was give I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't anxiety filled this week. I don't feel I was just having a really good week. Um, just taking care of me and just taking my time, taking it one day at a time. Like that's all you can do. I'm not going to stress out no longer. Stress is a silent killer. It will not kill me in Jesus name. Okay. I'm not going to let the worries of this world kill me slowly. I'm not, I'm taking back my power the power that God has given me, which is free will. I'm taking it back. I'm not going to let my mind overtake me any longer. But anyways, I was just telling her, like, I felt like I was doing really good this week. Like every time I did my meditations, every time I set my intentions, I was doing really good by being emotionally and mentally healthy this week. And it showed like, even though my kids were stressing me out, kind of, 
um, not wanting to go to bed at night because they had this two week vacation and they've been staying up late and now they don't want to go to bed again. So that's a whole nother thing. Like we, that's on their goal board. We're trying to get back to there, get back in this routine of them going to bed on time or whatever, um, and getting the adequate rest that they need to be able to perform throughout the day. Um, so anyways, I was telling her, you know, one day, I was like, even though I'm doing so great because she was commending me of all the leaps and bounds I've made in my journey of growth. But I was like, girl, I'm still messing up because I still get frustrated when they don't listen to me. And so when they don't listen, they choose not to listen to me and they doing this, this and that or whatever. And they jumping all over me. And I'm like, stop, stop, just stop. Like I had a moment, you know, and I was just like, stop. I need y'all to stop, just stop. And um, they was looking at me like, Girl, you ain't got the yell. <laughs> but that was me reverting back, right, to that learned behavior of expressing myself via frustration with showing that I'm upset and angry. And they're not even really the culprit, but by them in that moment um I don't even know what was going on with me like obviously I may have been thinking something or feeling some type of way and then I'm just I'm constantly letting them agitate me which I'm again in real time trying to get better about not doing that because even if I do get agitated by them okay let me be let me be clear even if you get agitated and frustrated by your children right by a behavior that they're displaying in that moment, I still don't have to yell and scream. What they said was true. You don't have to yell. You don't have to scream at me. You're right. I could just talk to you and say, Hey guys, listen, listen, you guys are really making mommy feel, um, frustrated in this moment because you're not listening to me and you're just doing whatever, whatever, whatever. You won't clean up your toys, whatever. And it's making me feel very uneasy. And so I need you all to please do what I ask you to do so that we can move on in our day. Okay. I also could have used a more stern voice. Listen, I need you all to listen to what I'm telling you in this moment because my patience is wearing thin and I don't want to become impatient with you all because that's not the space I want to, that's not where I want to be with y'all. I want us to be okay and I want us to have an understanding to the point that when mommy says clean up and stop doing something that you do that and you understand me. Because you love me enough to hear me and be obedient to what I just said. And in turn, I will be okay with whatever. Or like, you know, I'm still figuring it out. Rewarding you with good your good behavior, okay? But I didn't have, you know, I, those are two different ways. And they take my seriousness and be like, oh, she's serious. She means business. She's not playing with me right now. <laughs> Cause I play with them a lot. I do. I do. But you know, I don't have to, Oh my God, 
gosh, like you guys are, you know, that doesn't have to be a thing. It doesn't. So, um, but again, that's a choice I'm making, right? I'm choosing not to snap off on my kids because that heightens their system. And then they like on alert. So anytime they hear somebody elevate their voice or um, get loud and stuff like that, they're on heightened alert. Like, oh, look what's going on. Like it's a shock to their system. I don't want them to get used to that unless it's really like an emergency type thing. But I, you know, that's funny. I realized that when I had kids, different tones, just like they always say that a mother knows when a baby cry, what the baby needs or whatever. So if their tone changes, if they call me mommy, that's more, oh, they just want something. It's just a calm tone. Like they may want to ask me a question. They may want to ask me for something, whatever. It's no urgency to that. Then they're like, mommy, mommy. Like if they're like that, then I'm like, what, what, what's going on? Like I'm instantly activated to be defensive or like worried, concerned, like what's going on? If you're living in an environment that's always, uh, get over here, do this, da 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 like it's always heightened, you're going to be on pins and freaking needles. <laughs> All the time. So imagine going into public and you hearing that and you like, what, 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 like making you anxious. So I realized that when, with having them, like when they'll call my name in different instances and Leah be like, mommy, this, I'm like, what, what's wrong? What's going on? No, I was just going to say, I just saw a rainbow. Like I'm not instantly thinking it's a, a, it's a tone of excitement as far as a good thing. It's always negative. That's crazy how my brain works, but that is. And so I thought like I had to teach her and I'm still teaching her like, okay, Leah, listen, <laughs> When you call my name or like sometimes like, and it sounds like a sense of urgency, I, I need you to like, no, that's not, <laughs> I don't know. It's good. I'm learning y'all. I'm learning. It's a learning curve. That's been my word, my phrase this week. It's a learning curve. Okay. Because I don't know, <laughs> but I'm trying, I'm trying to view this, I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to stay open-minded, which like takes me to my last part. Like I just had a few suggestive ways that we can be better, okay? Um, and I know I said it a few times throughout this conversation that be open-minded to new ways to do things, okay? Again, just because your big mama or your granddaddy or your father or your mother did it that way does not mean that that is the end-all, begin-all, and that's okay. It may have worked quote unquote, for you, but it may not work for your child. Again, um, going back to my last episode, everything don't work for everybody. Each kid is different and even your household may be different. Y'all may have a whole different perspective and that's okay. Don't feel like you're doing something wrong because you're doing something outside of the box that you were conditioned to look in or look out of, okay? That does not mean that. That does not mean that. And um, another suggestion um, is working on oneself daily from your past issues, okay? Like, it's a daily work. And I say that about marriage all the time because it's true. 
Marriage is a daily work. Working on yourself is a daily work. You have to daily, every single day that you open your eyes, you and you have the ability to move your limbs and the righteousness of your mind, you have to work towards the betterment of your relationships. It's work. Yes, you may have put in work last week. Yes, you may have put in work two, three years in a row. Yes, you may have put in work at the initiation of this relationship. It does not matter. It's a continuous thing. Just like that, um, the bad stuff that we continue to pass on generation to generation, it's a cycle. That work has to be a consistent cycle. It has to be. It's a must. It's vital to your well-being, your children's well-being, your spouse, your partner, whoever you're in relationship with well-being. What are you providing? Are you providing that safe space for your kid to want to even tell you all the kids at school are doing drugs? Or are you providing, you better not do this and you better not do that because I said so. No explanation other than the fear of my parent is going to be upset with me. But what's the root of your upsetness? Will you be disappointed? It's more emotions than mad, sad, glad, happy. Like it's more to life than that. What's the root? Explain it to the kids. They understand more than we know. And they will grow up to be more intellectual, more emotionally intelligent. They will be more mental in check with themselves mentally to be able to check that, hey, something is off of me. I need to figure this out. I need to adjust. I need to do this. Whatever. They will be more in tune physically to do things. Like, we got to give them the tools, y'all. We got to give them the tools to be better than what we were. I don't want my kids to have to go through all the turmoil mentally and emotionally that I have, but I know they will experience some of it because some of the damage has already been done. Unfortunately, because again, sometimes we don't get these lessons or learn better until the damage is done. But that does not take away from you still pursuing and wanting to impart wisdom, knowledge, empower them. You can still provide. It's not too late until it's too late. And it's too late when the life cycle is done. But in the meantime, while you still have time, do it. If. That's what you choose, okay? <laughs> because it's only you that could choose to do better. It's only you that could choose to take the accountability for the past traumas. You, it's your choice. I can't force you. Your mama can't force you. Your brother, your sister, your husband, your wife. Nobody can force you. Not even your kid. It's you. It's you that has to make that conscious decision to be better.
Okay? I hope this all making sense for you all. And I just, the last suggestion that I had for what are you providing is the acknowledgement of the ultimate provider, okay? And y'all already know who that is in my life. It's the Lord, Jesus, God, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the author and the finisher of my faith, okay? He is the ultimate provider. And if you believe in the power of prayer, if you believe in manifestation, if you believe in uh, speaking life, even in your adulthood, and you may be suffering from past traumas, you may be stuck in your ways, essentially. You may not be able to see other worldviews other than what you your upbringing was. You may have some unfinished and undealt with feelings. You may be dealing with past hurts. You may be even unwilling to change. But I know somebody who can do it for you. It's the Lord. He is the ultimate provider. So if you want a renewedness in these relationships with your children or with your spouses, your loved one, your partner, your friend, you can ask him. Ask and you shall find. God been telling me that so much this week. It's like every time I open my Bible app, he's giving me a scripture reminding me, all you got to do is ask me and I'll give it to you. Whatever you ask me, I will give it to you. Ask God to help provide you with the space, the heart, the mind, the spirit of love, compassion, empathy, empowerment, to be able to give it to your child, whether they're still a kid or an adult, and give it to your spouse. If you don't even have children, to be able to give it to your spouse, be able to give it to the person that you're meant to be with, be able to give it to yourself. Provide me with the tools that I need to be better, to be able to do way more than what my ancestors have been able to do, to be able to break these generational curses. And I'm just going to let y'all in. Breaking generational curses is exhausting. Healing is exhausting. It sound good. Yeah, I want to be healed. I want God to manifest his healing. It sounds good, but it's exhausting. It takes a lot out of you. Because it's a lot of work, daily work that you have to do on oneself. But if you're willing, God is able. If you are willing, God is able to do it for you. He's able to give you that placement, that, 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 that power that you need to break those old cycles and beliefs that you had and be able to do better than what your parents was able to do. A lot of parents say that, that I want to do more for my kids than what my parents did for me, but they think more so on that feeding your kids, clothing your kids, sheltering your kids. I want to get a bigger house, a bigger car, a bigger this, and they have all the things. It's more than that. 
I want my child to know that I am here for them, that they can come to me with anything. If they make a mistake, if they sell drugs or they smoke something or if they have sex, if they do whatever, if that, that this is always and forevermore going to be a no judgment zone from mama, period. You can come to me. If you feel like you messed up, you can come to me because I'm going to provide that safe space for you. For your spouse, I used to say that all the time. I want to be that safe landing for you. I want to be that safe space for you. Your safe haven. But what are you providing for real? Because I said those things, and even though that may have been true, I didn't do all the work necessary in order to be able to even create the safe space. Because of my past traumas, my past hurts, my undealt with feelings are now filling up the space that is no longer making it safe or not allowing it to be safe at all. But thank God for the acknowledgement because he is Jehovah Jireh. He is the provider. God is providing more than finances, y'all. Yes, I am guilty of your prayer. I even pray one of those prayers this week. God, listen. You said it's mine for the asking. I'm asking you for X, Y, and Z financially. But I'm not ignorant to the fact to ask God for more than finances. God, give me the mindset that I need to be able to move forward. That I will have the openness about myself that I'm able to see differently. Take the blinders off my eyes, God. I don't want to continue down the path and continue the cycles of my ancestors. I want to break these curses. I want my kids to have better than me, more than just financially. I want them to be emotionally healed. I want them to have the tools to be able to recognize and have discernment. To be able to make better choices in life, in their careers, in their spouses, in their partnerships, their friendships. That they don't have to endure the turmoil that I have. What are you providing? We only can do as good as we know to do. Are you researching? Are you educating yourself? Are you, what are you doing? What are you providing? What do you want to provide? Who do you expect to provide it for you? It starts at home. It starts as a foundation. If you're adult, an adult now, now you look to the ultimate provider for sure, which is God. He will provide you with a new mindset. He will provide you with the heart that you want, full of compassion and empathy towards others. He will give it to you. He will provide you with peace. He will. If you ask, and then you can be able to provide what you need for your household, for your children, for your spouse, your partner, for your sister, your friend, you will be able to provide more than just finances. It's not about money. I know this world makes us think that it's so many songs. Um, it's, if, it's, if it ain't about the money, I just heard that the other day. If it ain't about the money, don't be hitting me up or calling me. Like, yes, to an extent, I understand that this world goes around on money. I understand that it does, but we could provide way more than finances. 
We can do it. We have to do it. I'm going to end this because I've been talking a long time. I didn't think this episode was going to be that long, (laughs) y'all. But look, I pray before every episode. And I just sincerely want you all to know this. I pray before every episode. And I ask God to use me as the vessel that he said that he will use me. Use me as your instrument of praise. Use me. That you may be able to give me the words that you want your people to hear. Remove Portia, remove self. And allow your Holy Spirit to dwell within me and speak through me to give what you need the people to hear. I'm experiencing life in a way that's not just for me. It's for everybody around me. God didn't give me this to keep things close to the chest, to keep it all for myself. He gave it to me to be able to help other people via this, this avenue. And I thank God for that. I really do. I enjoy this. I enjoy talking and helping people. Even if this touched one person, I did a TikTok live, a scheduled one for the first time this past Tuesday and I got on there and I decided, you know, from this day forward, I will do these every Tuesday, um, at 6 PM on TikTok live and talk about past topics from the podcast or whatever. Um, just to get some more engagement on the podcast or whatever and to get the messages out there more. Right. Um, so then I just be on the live talking with people, allowing them to come on to the screen and talk with me or whatever. And they can share their experiences about how life is life in them too. So I got on the live and I, um, started talking about vulnerability and stuff. And so my mom was like the only person on there. People kept coming in and out, in and out, in and out, whatever. Um, but it looked like it was just me and my mom, (laughs) For like the first 10 minutes, right? So I was like, oh, I guess it's going to be me and my mama. Like, that's fine. I'm going to keep, because people come in on TikTok. They come in the lives, you know, for a few minutes and they leave out. Like, or they'll come in or click out. Like, you know, whatever. So I don't know. I don't know. I said I, I dedicated some time to do it. I set aside, um, I think, an hour to do it. So I was I was willing to do it. Even if it was just speaking to my mother, I did it. I followed the instruction that God gave me and I did it. So anyway, um, after a while, some ladies start coming in and some of them start commenting and some of them started, um, talking, um, or wanting to join live or whatever. And they gave their experience about vulnerability and da, 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 da. But anyways, um, I don't think ultimately at a time it was more than 15 people on the live at one time. And again, social media can lead us to believe if you ain't got thousands and thousands of followers and all this type of stuff that you're not reaching nobody, you're not touching nobody. And I, when I tell y'all I was so full from this live because the young women that decided to come into it and talk with me and express their feelings about the topic and such. And we were just, it just became a community real quick. We just started encouraging each other and um, uplifting each other. It was such a peaceful, uplifting environment. And my jaws hurt. I was smiling so hard. I was just so full. 
I was so full and happy and joyous. And even to the point that I was on there for an hour and a half and I was like, I didn't want it to end because it was so good. It was so purpose filling. Okay. Filling in both ways. <laughs> it was so purpose filling. And my takeaway from that, and I told my sis, Kendra, hey girl, um, after that, you know, some people can get caught up on, oh, it was only nine people in there or 10 people in there. So it didn't matter. I didn't reach enough people. Baby, my takeaway from it was, I don't care if I even reach one person. One I have done what the Lord has told me to do. Maybe that was purpose that I was only supposed to reach that one person on today. Okay. And that's the takeaway I want us to take. Don't ever minimize anything that you are doing. Whatever God has provided for you to provide for others, he will make room for you. Whoever is meant to see it will see it. Whoever is supposed to encounter it will encounter it when it's their time. Don't get caught up in the quantity. He already told us this will be the road less traveled. Everybody's not going to be willing to get it. But that doesn't mean that you don't do what you're supposed to do. Fulfill your purpose. Move the way that God tell you to move. I'm telling you, I'm only telling you from experience. I'm only telling you what I'm learning. And one lady got in there. She was so grateful and thankful to be that I uh, created this space that she can feel safe enough to even be vulnerable with what she was going through. I don't never get on nobody laugh, but you made me feel safe and good. Something about you. And I'm not saying that in a way of trying to take glory for me. That's God. Again, I've minimized myself for so many years thinking who going to follow me? Who going to listen to me? Who going to hear me? God is providing. He is making provision for me to be able to even do this. This didn't happen by osmosis. A lot of people wouldn't even be willing to even put their stuff out there. Like, but I can no longer live in that place because I know what God has called me to do. And I'm going to be real, open, honest, authentic about what I'm experiencing and what's happening. Okay. And I don't care who likes it or don't because I'm fulfilling my purpose. And that's what matters. What you providing, y'all? <laughs> anyway, let me get on up out of here. I just wanted to do, how does life be life in you? Okay, how does it be life in for you? I want y'all, this is a call to action. I want y'all to send in your stories and experiences to lifebelifein at anchorinllc.com or you can find me on all social media platforms at Podcast. I am everywhere, guys. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, all the things. If you have not already, I thank you for all my supporters and all of my hashtag the village that continues to support and love and 
all the things on me. I truly, truly, truly appreciate you. Also, I will be going again, um, just shameless plug, going live on TikTok every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time and sparingly over all other platforms, more to be announced. Okay, guys, I'm trying to figure it out and schedule all this stuff in that I'm able to hit all platforms because I know everybody don't be on TikTok, but I will be sharing my live from TikTok on other social media platforms um, like Facebook and such so that you all can see that I am live and join in if you want to on the conversation. Okay. Um, but I will figure out how I'm gonna go live more on Facebook and Instagram and things like that. I'm just trying to figure all this out. Okay. So give me grace. All right. Either way, please feel free to join me and share your stories on there as well. You're more than welcome to come to the lives. You're more than welcome to email me at any time or DM me, inbox me, whatever you feel comfortable with doing. I am here for it all and we can have a conversation we can have a discussion and I can share your stories everywhere and speaking of sharing before I go I want to share with you one of my favorite sponsors Shop Lene. Hey y'all, hey, it's me, Portia O, your host of Life Be Life and Podcast. And I wanted to show you one of my favorite companies that I use all the time for me and my family, Shop Lene. They have handmade, all natural body butters and body washes, body scrubs, lip balms, candles, everything that you need to make yourself and your skin feel so extra good. Look how she whipped that up. It's so silky smooth and it really does moisturize your body the way that it needs to. I'm telling you guys, you guys, they have so many different options from avocado, mango butter to cocoa, um, shea butter. Like it's so many different options. If you can go check them out at their website, which is shoplanae.com. That's www.shoplanae.com. And she has everything that you need. Go support that small business because life be life. Thank you, Shoplane. We love you. <laughs> so going into my last segment of the night is Speak Life, okay? Speak Life. This is where, this is the segment where I leave you with a call to action for yourself, but not only for you, it's for me too, okay? The affirmation is, everything that I need will be provided to me at the right time in the right place again everything that i need will be provided to me at the right time and at the right place so i leave you with these words to hold on to until next time you heard it you say it write it down and remind yourself to speak it and make it happen because child Life be life in us all. Until next time, my love. I appreciate you. You are worthy. And you can do it. Love y'all. Bye-bye.